Much madness is divinest sense to a discerning eye. Much sense, the starkest madness. Tis the majority in this, as all, prevail. Ascent, and you are sane. Demure, you're straightaway dangerous, and handled with a chain. So that's a quote from the Complete Poems of Emily Dickinson. And I'm John Fanning, and this is the Create with John Fanning podcast. How's it going out there? Hope you are all doing well. And that you're getting a chance to create wherever you are. Um, whether it's spring in Australia or the end of summer here in the States. So this is episode 18 of my series of episodes on creativity based around my book Create. And the last time I spoke about the dancer and the dance, about doing what you love. And today I want to talk about enthusiasm, passion and madness. Because passion and madness are oftentimes seen as walls away from imagination and creativity. When in actual fact, they're really doors towards it, towards creativity, towards towards the imagination. So, for example, I write because of something greater than myself. What I see as this kind of passionate, enthusiastic madness inside of me. The word enthusiasm actually means the God inside from... From the Greek entheos or entheo. So writing is this passionate, enthusiastic madness that comes from the God inside me. And why else would I keep secreting myself into a room on my own? Much like what I'm doing right now with this this podcast, sitting here in a in a room at the top of the house, <laughs> away from my family and friends and and fun. Uh, why would I do that? Well, uh, it is, it has to be a kind of madness and a, a passion, a suffering. Indeed, uh, passion, uh, which is comes from that Latin word passio, uh, means to suffer. So if you have a passion, you're, you have a, a suffering. So, I, I used to always see this as an as a negative, uh, some kind of illness or an affliction, that I was unable to simply be content to watch TV or to play outside in the snow more, like like other dads and husbands and friends. Until until one day I was I was walking through the woods in France and I had a had this an epiphany. And all it was, it was, it's okay. You know, it's okay to be passionate. It's okay to be enthusiastic and and mad. Indeed, uh, it, 
it was then that I, I realized that all the people I've ever loved have been passionate, enthusiastic people, people who are, quite frankly, a little mad, but mad in a good way. Because now I see enthusiasm as a word connected to the joyful expression of creation, the fun, like uh, a child playing enthusiastically in the sand or a Picasso turning, you know, a rusty saddle into handlebars uh, or a rusty saddle uh, with hand and handlebars into, into a bull's head. You know, just transforming it. And in the... Um, Socrates, you know, talks about this as well. Um, in the Phaedrus, he, he talks about four types of um, enthusiasm or holy madness. Prophecy, mystic rites, poetry and science, and then the madness of love. So wh when we're enthusiastic, we are experiencing inspiration, something sacred, something mystical, uh, something poetic, and something prophetic. You know, we take those four types of enthusiasm. And how enthusiastic we become depends on how inspired we are. So the point is that we, we understand that there's something powerful coming from inside us that needs to express itself to the outside of us, uh, imagination, a passionate and enthusiastic madness. So uh, in his book, the, it's called The Red Book, uh, Carl Jung talks about this, or gets into this, when he writes, Be silent and listen. Have you recognized your madness, and do you admit it? Have you noticed that all your foundations are completely mired in madness? Do you not want to recognize your madness and welcome it in a friendly manner? You wanted to accept everything, so accept madness too. Let the light of your madness shine and it will suddenly dawn on you. Madness is not to be despised and not to be feared, but instead you should give it life. Madness is a special form of the spirit and clings to all teachings and philosophies, but even more to daily life, since life itself is full of craziness and, at bottom, utterly illogical. Man strives toward reason only so that he can make rules for himself. Life itself has no rules. That is its mystery and its unlaw unknown law. What you call knowledge is an attempt to impose something comprehensible on life. So, what I get from that is that whatever your intuition, your in teaching uh, excites, whatever excites you from inside you, it's a form of madness, uh, mad enthusiasm, which is positive, which is healthy. So, the role of the imagination is to create from this healthy madness meanings from the, the meaningless to discover uh, connections that could could look obvious but were before somehow amorphous uh, because because the imagination itself begins with intuition not 
thinking, the mind or the intellect. So personally, I, I don't trust the mind, but, but I do trust that excitement, that mad enthusiasm. And I try to follow it into creation, irrespective of how mad other people see it to be. And anyway, positive madness, especially in this other form of technological and um, mechanized world of 24-7 madness, is, is not just necessary, but, 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 but an imperative. And, you know, I don't mean some kind of Dionysian, like Carnival-esque uh, letting go or getting stoned out of your mind. Or heading to the nearest bar. <laughs> no, uh, not not hysteria, uh, but um, ecstasy. Yes, the the way the ancient Greeks would have meant it to to literally stand outside yourself, you know, to remove yourself elsewhere, because that's 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 really what it means. That actual word again to translate another word like ek would mean out, and then stasis would mean to stand. So you. You literally stand out. You stand outside yourself. To, so you kind of, you free yourself from the normal, the so-called normal. And it means embracing uh, the unconscious you, consciously, <laughs> which seems like a, um, a contradiction in terms, but oftentimes the most interesting things are contradictions in terms. So that's where the contradiction is, the contradictions where... Uh, inspiration can lie <laughs> so to to so to rationally um see your emotions the the, the inner vision um uh, with your eyes with your inner eyes you know so you stop allowing iPhones and computers and whatever other devices are creating walls from getting getting you in touch with that or opening doors to the world inside you so uh, connecting with your inner madness uh, creates an enthusiasm and a passion to uh, dissolve those walls. And, you know, you, you have to at some stage ask yourself the question, what, what exactly is inside you? What is inside me? Um, besides organs and, and fluids and, and such, you know? So for me, I call it spirit. Uh, you could call it nothing. Again, you might call it the unconscious or the mind with a capital M or the soul. Uh, I call it spirit because it, it literally means or comes out of the word inspiration, which is a word that I, I love, um, which means in spirito, when spirit's inside you. And I'll talk about this a lot more. Uh, in a later episode. But for now, what I mean is that spirit uh, speaks from another part of us that is not the mind. So the battle or the wall is to let go of the mind. You know, um, when you when there's a wall, it's that we're seeing with the mind. We're not seeing with our heart or we're not seeing with from that the eyes of madness or enthusiasm and passion. And so we, we can listen to the, to the quiet inspirational voice of, of madness. Um, you could see that coming from, from the mind if you're not comfortable with spirit. But to get inspired is, is to see with, 
from that from that inexpressible um dark or as Jung said light mad place and so each creator has to get um you you basically have to get out of your wits as as plato would put it you know you get out you just have to get out of your wits which is out of your mind uh, so that you can create because the mind can is is a really big wall uh, to create create creativity and so inspiration and getting out of your wits or getting irrational is where all great creations come from well the majority of them i would just i would see um so let the computer or whatever device it is um that you're using be a tool to extend these irrational ideas or impulses or words inside you into this objective world and not to protect you from your inner world um like you know you could be typing into a computer but you're not actually nothing's coming from your heart or your emotions that i i.e. that uh, god inside or that suffering or madness um center you know the internal locus so um you know vincent van gogh in a letter uh, to his brother theo um when he was living in ireland the south of france since 1888 he wrote uh, these words um which are i feel very relevant to what i'm just talking about ah my dear brother sometimes i know so clearly what i want in life and in painting too i can easily do without the dear lord but i can't suffering as i do do without something greater than myself which is my life the power to create and if frustrated in this power physically we try to create thoughts instead of children in that way we're part of humanity all the same and in a painting i'd like to say something consoling like a like a piece of music i'd like to paint men or women with that je ne sais quoi of the eternal of which the halo used to be the symbol and which we try to achieve through the radiance itself through the vibrancy of our colorations so there's there's a lot in these two paragraphs i'd really recommend that uh, his letters they're very beautiful and some would call this crazy or just crazy mad uh, but i call it inspired madness or positive madness a creator van gogh uh, is expressing his spirit through his creations and the creations expressing spirit through him but above all it's his mad enthusiasm his passion his suffering to do something greater than himself which is what gives him like he said the power to create so when you hit a wall know you will keep going uh, passion will get you through you will suffer yes like every one does every creator does but you'll suffer through the wall um the, the wall will just dissolve passion will dissolve it madness will dissolve it and enthusiasm will dissolve it 
and ultimately inspiration will dissolve it. So it it's it's a passion and enthusiasm for what um, Plato called form or forms. So you so you transform the world inside into a new form on the outside. So the beauty of sunflowers into a painting, if we think of the famous examples of Van Gogh. Or, you know, it doesn't have to be paintings. It could be what they say, or what they call in mathematics, elegance. You know, when that's transformed into a theory of relativity, uh, like with Einstein. So, out of out of the chaos of passion comes the passion transformed into a creation. And you know, trans itself, again, to look at the word and what it translates from, in this instance, uh, from the Latin, it's on the other side of. So on the other side of forms, the formless, we create forms that we can see or hear or understand in this world from the inner world. So the creator's passion, um, true inspiration, moves uh, elegance or beauty onto this other side, from this, from from a creator's inner world to this this outer world of what we call objects or what Plato called forms. So, you know, you, you suffer through each wall. In fact, um, for me, walls can be exciting as they give you problems to overcome, which, which in turn fuels your inspiration even more. And so, uh, unlike the, the modern uh, interpretation of passion, which usually means something romantic or... It's kind of been, I feel like passion's been undermined as a word, um, that passion is the drive, uh, almost sensual or sexual, you know, or romantic, as opposed to the drive to do what you love. It's gotten mixed up with love itself as opposed to the love of doing what you love doing. So it's allow your passion for doing what you love to empower you to forget the modern passion for more what you'd call or what I'd call addictions you know that's like these passions of addiction whether it's love or drugs or you know too many too much video games you know um so I suppose what I'm trying to say is that certain creators you know take 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 pain that they creators go through the painful process to create in ways that, and to get to a point where their work can be easily understood. So this amorphous interior world out into this more objective or form, uh, from the formless to the forms, something more accessible to someone on a train going into work or, you know, on their holiday board on a beach so that they can read that book or on the train or on the beach and 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 another part of that would would be to 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 think about how wonderful 
it would be to have someone completely absorbed. You know, getting back to that word ecstatic again, that your, your creation makes somebody, it doesn't have to be everybody, ecstatic in some way. It could be just a part of it, you know, but that you're touching something that's uh, communal between us all, you know, like whether it's some deep sadness in something you create or something deeply joyful, like, you know, famous examples like the passion in Van Gogh's painting, like I was talking about, or how he, how he described in his, his letters, or, you know, a Michelangelo sculpture like a David, you know, it just blows your head off if you look at it in um, in front of you, or your favorite writer or artist or musician. It's a wonderful how there's, you know, that one line and one song that makes you ecstatic because you go, oh, I understand that. Oh, yeah, he feels what I was feeling. I, I get that. Oh, that this is, this is beautiful. And that's why, and all of us are, see these things or hear these things differently and have different uh, res- respective empathy for different creators for different things that they create one thing i'd like you might like you know it's just something i talked about earlier in a different episode but uh, getting back to this idea of it the enthusiastic passion or madness of the of van gogh or michelangelo you know working incredibly hard with his stone um his passion you know which is very famous um, to to reach out to other human beings and share that, you know, so that madness can be extremely beneficial to the rest of us. So, you know, and you know, even though Van Gogh and Michelangelo and you know, whether it's a musician like Leonard Cohen or whoever you're into, they do have technique, and yes, they have talent and. Technique and talent are important, but passion and madness and enthusiasm, they're not just important, they're, they're fundamental. So I think that's an extremely important distinction to, to understand. And so if, if we start, or if you start, using words like inspiration, madness, enthusiasm, or spirit, people either, it's funny, people either don't respond, like, or they'll change the subject by, by using, you know, what I talked about in an earlier episode, lexical prisons, like some lex- phrases like, oh, that's interesting. And unfortunately, this demeans conversation into statement only, and dissolves any passion, your passion into into flatness. So, and, uh, you know, how can we ever arrive at a positive new thesis, a new creation, passionately, when, when the response is not a response, but, but some kind of like flat wall. So madness is, is so important, and enthusiasm and passion, these three things together are, so important for creating and creating creations that other people will have um, a simpatico for and feel. So, 
for me, as this is something I'll talk about in a later episode, I'll touch upon mentors and peers. Uh, but, you know, I uh, to understand enthusiasm and passion and madness, as opposed to just reading the letters of Van Gogh or reading what Jung has to say about it, or is it like to have an, this experientially, either, um, and to be encouraged through that, to do to arrive at that, we have to look for mentors or peers who are enthusiastic and inspired and passionate and mad. You know, some of the most wonderful creators I know um, are mad, and they're but really positively mad. You know, and that madness creates so much humor and so much beauty if you read their work or listen to their work it's that madness is in it because they're touching on the interior emotional dialogue um, and pulling it out from the darkness into the light of all of these forms the formless into these forms we see around us and so and we, we, if you look for mentors and peers who are equally or trying to be enthusiastic and inspired and mad, they're probably black sheep, uh, like I made an allusion to or talked about in an, a very early episode. And they don't allow lexical prisons to be uh, another wall against creation. They dissolve the walls of lexical prisons by being enthusiastic and passionate and mad by embracing the imagination and moving towards it, not moving away from it or telling you it's, oh, that's interesting if they think you're crazy, you know, as opposed to seeing that the craziness is actually a beautiful manifestation of of the imagination. So you may not find too many of them out there, these enthusiastic, passionate, mad people who are creating, but when you find one, they inspire you. They enthuse you with passion and what I said before, this positive madness. Because in the end, mentors me mentors are, are like friends and they can become both. They're like books. And, you know, I'd rather have one great book or one great mentor or friend than, a, you know, a library of bad ones. So... Yeah, so that's that's basically what I wanted to try and arrive at today. Uh, in enthusiasm, madness, and passion, and how they all come together. Um, so, thanks for listening. Uh, I started with a quote from that wonderful American poet, uh, but like last time, I'm going to end uh, this episode with an Irish proverb. And this one literally means the eye must drain what pains the heart or tears must drain what pains the heart. It's funny that, actually, this makes me think of Irish words and how they're arranged so differently than English ones so that when we say we're sad in Irish, uh, the literal translation means Sadness is on me. But in English, English, that becomes more detached. I am sorry. So, and the same goes with this proverb. There, There's more emotion, a cleansing 
of the suffering. There you go again, you know, suffering and passion, heart through tears. So goes on Rodongulus Eron Gri, Kai Gonshul Eahilus. On Rodongulus Eron Gri, Kai Gonshul Eahilus. So this podcast, as I always bang on about, supported by you, the listener, via my Patreon page. That's uh, patreon.com forward slash John Fanning. And hopefully I'll get more ex- uh, episodes up there soon. And so if you'd like to support the podcast, please go over there and give enough the usual cliche of a cup of tea or a pint of Guinness or something like that uh, to support it. And if you can't support it, that's all fine too. But please just leave a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this. Um, you know, with a mandatory five stars, of course, you know, and uh, t- tell your friends about it. You know, if you come across one of the episodes you're into, just, you know, forward it to a friend. So, and if you want to get or connect with me uh, through the old social stuff, uh, go to johnfanning.me and the podcast links are up there as well. And so, as usual, uh, it's been been fun sharing this this madness and enthusiasm and passion which today uh until next time when i'll start talking about uh doing the work of uh creation or creativity um try to take care of yourself out there and be as benevolent as you can so slon live august scenario and boher live